Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports, both basketball and football in the spotlight. A little MLB, maybe some Cubs talk sprinkled in, as, uh, and maybe some of your twins as they bid uh, farewell to Eddie Rosario, who's one of my favorite twins, but uh, they got some youth behind them and maybe can say, a little dough. Uh, that was, I think, probably a big um, uh, reason for that move. Trent, it'll pick your brain on that and get your take on Rosario going. Kyle Schwarber out the door in the on the north side. Uh, where's he going to end up? Seen some chatter maybe about he ends up north of the border. Although the team won't be there, so I hope he's not there because right. he'll be by himself. Although he wouldn't have got in because you can't get in. Um, but you get my point. I'd love him to be a Blue Jay if that's where he uh, indeed uh, that turns out to be right. Here's the BMW Des Moines guest list before we get into things here this morning. At uh, 1025, the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, will join us. We'll recap uh, last night's Iowa State game. Did not go their way. Defense, three-point shooting, uh, not their night last night. So we'll talk to John about that, but a lot on the football game. Game coming up this weekend. Speaking of football, Lee Sterling is going to opine on some of the games that he likes. He'll uh, share his opinion on five games with Trent and I coming up at about 10.50. A newcomer to the guest list. Looking forward to talking to this guy. David Eichel, 24-7 Sports, covers the Hawkeyes. Trent, um... I think he really hustles. Yes, he does. And I uh, tip my cap to uh, you know young guys trying to make a a mark and uh, carve out a niche in a in a um, in a field. Quite honestly, that's tough. I mean, rivals mm-hmm. is rivals. Cakert's Cakert, right? right? And they had the uh, got the jump on that in that twenty four seven site. It was scout. What else was it? Oh boy, what, didn't ESPN have a ownership stake in it they, a long they time might ago? Have. Yeah, it's been all over the place. But uh, David's done a really nice he job has. and. Every time that I'm listening to a press conference, either Kirk or Fran, yeah, it always seems like that's a really good question. And then look at the screen now, and you, oh, that was David uh-huh, Eichel that sure. was the one that asked it. Relevant, sometimes a little bit different than what we get used to with these guys. So I've really enjoyed his work and excited to get him on to kick off the eleven o'clock hour. Absolutely. And then Max Olson, more Big Twelve conversation, more Iowa State, West Virginia conversation. We'll go around the Big Twelve uh, with Max Olson. He writes for the Athletic, and we'll get him in here at about eleven thirty. No football, NFL wise, to opine on tonight. Nice, nice pick on Baltimore yesterday. You did have the Ravens. You took the points. I thought you uh, went out. You were on the wrong side. But Trace McSorley had other plans, although. Not the best defense played in that football game. Just let me start there with when you watch the Steelers, and granted, Baltimore is always going to give the Steelers everything they've got. Divisional right? game, it is, and a rivalry, yep. and the best rivalry going back, I think, of this century, if you will. Yeah, in totality, um, there were a couple of years maybe that that wasn't the case, but Steelers Ravens, man, they had some battles, and yesterday no different. So my question, when you watch the Steelers team, they're unbeaten. Um, do they look like, and I know you've got a nice uh, future on I them. I do. Yeah, I got them 10 to 1 to win the AFC. Just not to win the Super Bowl, to win yeah. the AFC, which is, I mean, obviously the Chiefs still belong mm-hmm. or reside there, but still, 10 to 1, you'd take it. Do you like it? I mean, do you feel, 
Did you watch a Super Bowl contender yesterday in the Steelers? No. But I don't know how much to take of that game. You mentioned the rivalry aspect, but just the goofiness. This game was supposed to be played Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. You get a pushback basically a week before you have to play. And the Steelers have had this happen a lot to them this season, more than any other team. Not of their own doing, but of other teams doing. And they've mm-hmm. had to change around And early bye week. Now it's late bye week. And, oh, we're going to get this extra time after Thanksgiving. No, we're not. We're still going to have to wait and prepare for this game. So it's been a difficult season. And because of that, this isn't them at their best. At their best, they can compete with the Chiefs. With the defensive front that they have, with the way that they can get a pass rush, with one on one side and Bud Dupree on the other. Yeah, but Dupree's now, he tore his ACL. He's out. So they, That's a blow. They have pieces offensively that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. There's the receivers, for sure, and yeah. Ebron. Claypool, we've seen him break out and have monster performances. You know, I never, we were talking about some of the young, rook, uh, the, yeah. some of the rookie receiver. Never put him in the mix, and he deserves to be. I love that Johnson kid. Uh-huh. And he's been banged up a lot of this yep. season, but when he's out there, yep. I think he's maybe that security blanket for Ben. Mm-hmm. The running game, it was Benny Snell yesterday. They should have run the ball more, it felt. I, Baltimore was out without a bunch of their defensive front, and, and it was more of a game plan schematically, kind of questioning what they were doing. Throwing it 51 times in a game like that on a cold afternoon right. with Big Ben. That's a game where he pounded the football yeah. 25, 30 times, it felt like, and got the victory. So more than anything, I like the pieces and the totality of the team is working. Yeah, I think on their best, absolutely, they can compete with Kansas City. I think they could go to Kansas City if he gets to that point. If there's a loss in there, still, they're 15-1. and one. Both teams say they're 15-1, and one, and they have to go to Kansas City. I give them a puncher's chance to beat Kansas City. I, if that's the game we uh, we get Trent, I'm with you. I think it would be a hell of a championship game in the AFC. Did you think T.J. Watt was going to be as good as he is? No. I didn't either. No, not at all. I, I thought he was undersized. Right, yeah. What a what a what a uh, difference maker he is, Trent. And thinking about those kids and and hearing stories, and there's been a ton of them. I know I've seen one on NFL Network. ESPN's done the stories. Uh, on the Watts. Yeah, and yep. talking to mom and dad and mm-hmm. the amount of food that they had to have in the house as these teenagers. <laughs> well, apparently were they, up. they they opened up a subway in the backyard. <laughs> it was just yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's so much fun though to see guys like that. Starting with JJ. Yeah, he started his career at Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin didn't want him. No, but they were glad that they finally yes. did it about face and made that relationship work. That team, that group, T.J. Watt, again, I didn't think J.J. Watt was going to be this guy at the next level. Where did you he know, draw? He was like 11th overall. Is that what it was? I yeah. think he was. It yeah. seemed like a stretch to me. Uh-huh. And maybe it was Erasmus James bust at the oh, next level. Yeah. And maybe had some yeah. of that Wisconsin stink on him mm-hmm. for me. But Forgot about him. I thought that was a reach. I thought that was a guy that wasn't going to work. And obviously, Hall of Fame career later. Yeah, injuries, Trent. I mean, what could have been with yeah. him? What, I mean, he's still really good. Sack and, record? Yeah, might be. Might be. Uh, but T.J. Watt, boy, he's good. But the, the Bud Dupree news is not good. Uh, they expect they're going to get the worst uh, here at Torn ACL uh, at some point. All right, let's move on from that. But I want to stay on football just real quick. Okay. Coastal Carolina and BYU. Yeah. I we mean, get, how good is that, right? get a great game. We were talking about Cincinnati, BYU, possibly playing a week from Saturday as both those teams had an open date. But to get this one, it was officially announced last night. Liberty's not going to be able to go. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed. And isn't game day going? Weren't they, they going? They are. Yeah. Are they still? I'm they sure still they are. are right? yeah. They'll Good. be in Conway, South Carolina. For now, Coastal Carolina, BYU, which is a lot bigger game. Liberty's really good. Yeah. Hugh Freeze mm-hmm. reclamating his life and mm-hmm. his career. 
he'll get an SEC job, I'm sure, even if the commissioner might not want him there. Right. He's going to end up back in that league. But you get BYU, you get the undefeated, you get undefeated versus undefeated. The latest in a season, two undefeated teams Is that, have faced well, off since that the makes sense, right? Florida uh, Alabama championship game from what was that six years ago? Well, we should be at championship weekend right here this weekend, and uh, and fortunately, if you love college football as we do, we've still got two more regular season, uh-huh. and then championship weekend will follow that one. So. And uh, they moved the kickoff time, so that was slated originally. It was for early, wasn't it? One o'clock on ESPNU. Okay, must have been a college basketball game, I'd guess, at eleven, and then okay. right into the college football game. So that game has been moved. To the middle of the afternoon. I want to say it's like 4 o'clock. I think 4.30 maybe. 4.30? Okay. But uh, a little bit of a time change there. But how cool is that going it to be? It is. 4.30 on ESPNU. It's going to be great. And here's, this is what the pandemic has shown. You don't need 10 years to schedule these games. Nope. This game together on Wednesday night was made official this morning in the wee hours. And they're going to be there 48 hours to play the football game. Will they, will this lead to an evolution of football scheduling? Uh, no, because I, I, to do that, I think it, everybody would have to go along with the plan. Well, again, if we had a czar of college football. Well, that's true. Hey, every year, every two years, you have to keep an open date on your schedule. Yeah. Everybody. Right. From the MAC to the Big Ten. But you know what that would lead to, Trent? That would lead to, you know, a Power Five team scheduling a team that, this is a, that's a bye game, but it's a sure win. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, that bye team starts to figure it out and put it together a little bit. And is, you want to play them? How do you get out of that game? That's the last thing you want to do is play them in week number one. So maybe not. So I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see because we've seen it a lot and, mm-hmm. it, and it works. I mean, I hate seeing these games now that are scheduled for 2030. You know, that far down the road. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oklahoma, we'll get it. Yeah. But well, we, gotta, well, we right. see it. Yeah. You, you don't. That's that's true. So uh, that's one of the good things that's come mm-hmm. out of it. Anyways, uh, so last night we both watched, uh, I know you did, you sent me a picture of your big screen flaunting the fact that you have technical <laughs> capabilities where I had it on my iPad and I'm not complaining. I got the game, you had it on your big screen, I was envious. Anyways, uh, so we both watched Iowa State last night. Trent, here's my take on Iowa State. Uh, it, it's not going, it's going to be a year where there's not going to be a lot of wins in the Big 12. If you if you watched Baylor last night in West Virginia, mm-hmm. holy crap. Different level. They are a different level. So it's going to be, I think, about, you know, progress is the, is the I think, maybe the, I don't know, the, 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 the focal point of this year for Iowa State. I want to see Steve Prohm take this cast of players that has – He's cobbled together, and I think that's fair to say cobbled together mm-hmm. because they haven't played a lot, and see them come together as a unit and as a team and look like a cohesive team on the floor. That Last night wasn't the case. They have parts. There's parts there. I like Coleman Lands. I like Tyler Harris's speed. Had trouble shooting the ball, but his whole team did last night. Solomon Young down on the block. That's where he belongs, and that's where he was good last night. So to me, as I watch this Iowa State team, there's no expectations. To, if the Big 12 tournament happens, Trent, they are on the first night of the tournament. Oh, yeah. There's, they're, there's they're, no they're, doubt. They're right. They're, it's them in Kansas State. And Oklahoma State not eligible. 
Won't they? Won't they? No. They, you don't think that if they're not eligible for the NCAA tournament, they will not be allowed in the Big Twelve tournament. So but, it'll just be the eight nine game, and that's off the that's off the table now for sure. There's no about face. I don't think there's any coming back. Too from late, it. you think? Yeah, Man, it wasn't their fault, and they and they Cunningham stays there, and so many reasons. Uh, but but anyway, okay, so so it is the eight nine game, and that's looking like we're what we're going to see. But I want to see progress. Mm-hmm. I want to see Prone coach these kids up. One thing, Solomon Young was good again last yes. night. Yes. Second half in particular. Yeah. Is it time, this is his team, and at least start. Ah, uh, yes. Start, all right. We're going to make a concern. This is not a great shooting team. No. It wasn't last night. I think Harris has the they ability. guys that can make it, but uh-huh. Bolton's never going to be a great three-point shooter. No. Okay, sure. Yeah. But never a great three, not a guy that's going to hit 42% from downtown. Tyler Harris had a, uh, when did they play on Sunday? He mm-hmm. uh, shot the ball well last night, not the case. So you start there. Uh-huh. Javon Johnson, he's a guy that's better, I think, off the bounce than he is as a spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. So this is the way our team is constructed. Let's go and let's make this Solomon Young's team. Now, if we get to the middle of January and they're just struggling and it's about the future, then you start playing Xavier Foster more and the, the young guys in that freshman class, they see minutes. But for the we, here and now, for yeah, the next month. Foster's minute, and that's all he played, yeah. came when? Late in the first Last half? Last 30 I, seconds? Yeah, it was foul trouble. And it, was, it, was it Young that, uh, that picked up his second? Probably was. Coming off a concussion. Right. So yeah. how much does that play into it? Yeah. That's a question. But I think that's where you start. All right, this is our best player. This is our most consistent. And because of the way we're constructed, we have to start inside. Now, you have to get the guards to throw it inside. And in the first half, they weren't doing that. They weren't making those touches inside that you need to to get Solomon Young going. But I think that's at least the building block that you start with. Start with your big guy, hit that route, and then from there build off of that. Because I'm with you. I like these pieces. I I like what we see out of some of the young guys. I think you can build at the very least a team that, all right, you can see what Prom is doing as the season progresses. Right now, they're not very good. Nope. But I think they can get at least decent by the time we get into the middle of conference play. Yeah, uh, come together. Maybe, maybe win a game that uh, nobody saw you, um, gave you a chance to do so. So we'll see. Jack Rabbits last night, they got a kid from uh, from Des Moines. You said, they do. Uh, from Hoover, Doug, uh, Douglas Wilson. Yeah. Uh, he's a senior. Tell me about him. Did you? I'm sure you saw him play because Hoover's always, usually pretty good in basketball. Yeah, yeah. Saw him play a lot during his uh, career at Hoover. Really good player. Undersized, and that's why mm-hmm. you know he didn't get big-time offers. Went to Kirkwood, and that's where he started his collegiate career. And I saw when he uh, he went to South Dakota State, I said, that's an interesting fit. Now, maybe he's grown an inch you okay. know, since high school. Yep. Still is only 6'7", something like that. Dude was 6'10", he wouldn't be playing in the Summit League. Right. I think he'd be playing at a high level. But always a motor guy. You know at Hoover what Courtney Henderson does over there. It is clamped down defensively. When they had him in the middle on the back end of that, if a guy would get beat, and it's incredibly rare for any guy to get beat off the dribble at Hoover, but if they did, Wilson was there. He was a really, really nice player, really good around the block and, and able to finish there. So he had great numbers at a pace that Hoover plays at, you know, average 13, 14 a game, really good rebounding numbers. Good to see that, and good to see a guy that has had a chance to play D1 basketball. Matt Mim, remember watching him at Xavier? They played a, a school from around here in 3A one year and called one of his games. He was a really nice player. He's the point guard for them. So this is a good thing. With South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, North Dakota State now at the D1 level, and Minnesota, Augustana is going to be D1 here pretty soon on South Dakota side. We're going to have more and more of these guys that, all right, they're not good enough to play at an Iowa State. And 
maybe not even good enough for you and I or Drake, but that next tier of guy, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a whole lot more D1 guys here from our state. And I think that's a good thing because there's plenty of guys that fall under the radar and then they go to Warburg and they're All-American and they average 24 a game. You say, you don't think that guy could have played at the least yeah. low-level D1? Right. I think there's a lot of guys in the state. Uh, you know what there was a lot of Twitter last night on was um – should Bowen Bourne maybe have got a chance at Iowa State considering how they struggle to shoot the basketball? Yeah. Right? He's going to be a liability defensively. Sure. Especially, he has to get a lot bigger. He's quick. Yep. And I think that'll come, but just watching him on the floor last week. No, you could tell. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Because he can fill it up. That's <laughs> sure never could. been the question with Bowen. He can always shoot the basketball and quick enough to get to the rim and got stronger as his high school career went on. But it's a big leap up from 3A basketball. Sure. To play at that kind of level. Can you find minutes, though, in the Big 12 for a guy like that? Kent McCausland made a career. Now, we're talking 20-plus years ago at Uh Iowa, but that guy had no lateral quickness, but he could shoot the heck out of the ball, and he was able to play in the Big 10. Bowen Bourne has lateral quickness, doesn't have the size, but you don't think he can stretch 12, 15 minutes a game by the time he's a sophomore, junior, senior? I would like to think so, Trent. When you need a big shot, I know who I'd be looking for because he can fill it up. Anyways, uh, let's move on to some of the other games from last night. I was surprised Suggs got back into the basketball game. I thought the worst. Yeah. I thought when he went out with an ankle, Achilles, this is Mm -hmm. it for him. Never going to see him play college basketball again because he's a one-and-dunner. My 40-to-1 ticket for him to win the Wood Award, (laughs) rip it up. Right, right. I took a shot. We're talking about our media comm show that we were recorded yesterday. I took a shot on the Zags to cut down the nets. Without him, I'm not sure they could. But what maybe as I was impressed more, because I, I know Gonzaga's really good. Mm-hmm. I know they're really good. Um, but West Virginia, to me, was the story in that basketball game last night. Trent, they, they garbaged it up. They mucked it up. That's a Huggins type of game. I thought for the longest time, you know what? They're going to pick off Gonzaga. Yeah. I thought, was, especially when Suggs went down, it seemed like that team was like that was the first punch in the nose that they've got this season. And I don't it took them a while to react, I thought. You know, when he went out of the game it was kind of like, "Oh no, now what?" I mean, they've got enough talent to overcome and obviously they didn't. He got back into the game, but he wasn't the same player. But Timmy was struggling early and Kispert was struggling early. Um without him, I thought, "Geez, West Virginia's going to win." But Shibway Doing what he does, uh, and Culver having a good game last mm-hmm. night. Uh, who else played well? McBride had his spurts in the game. This West Virginia team is going to be a pain in the you know what. Now I don't think they're Baylor good. At least after watching both of them play last night, and you know on the uh, limited amount of time that we've seen them play, but West Virginia's a pain in the ass. In a game where Matthews and McNeil combined to go two of fourteen. In a game like that, to go toe-to-toe with the best team in the country, and that is still Gonzaga, and to hold them to 85, which sounds a little silly, right? Uh-huh. Hold that team to eight, or 87, I guess it was. Still, there were stretches where they clamped him down. Yes. Trent, the first 20 minutes, was, yeah. that was eye-opening to me. This is, the Gonzaga offense is at such a high level. I mean, just compared to everybody else in the country. Uh, the number two team offensively, an adjusted offense right now is Baylor. Different pace that and they play at. we get those two on Saturday? And we get that Saturday. Number oh. one versus number two. What, what time? Do you know? There's just so I much think it's color. a little, is it 11 or 1? That's probably up against Iowa State, West Virginia, Iowa, Illinois would be my guess. You think that's the way it's yeah. going to play out? Our luck. How about noon? CBS. How about that'll lead into SEC football? Well, that's a big day on CBS because they've yeah. got that game. And then they've got two. 
They've got a two thirty slot, and they've got Alabama LSU at night. The two thirty slot on CBS is Florida Tennessee. Eh, not bad. Yeah, old rivalry, old rivalry, right? But then uh, LSU and Alabama. I'm anxious to see these. Um, you know, as we move to college football, before we get to Illinois Baylor, from uh, that was um, kind of shocking, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, I'm anxious to see the teams in the playoffs right now. I think I think it's a beauty contest. I think Ohio State is going to score and as much as they possibly can. I think Alabama likewise. I think Clemson is going to point being, these are big numbers. I'm anxious to talk to Lee Sterling about this trend because I think you lay the lumber um this team's going to want to score mm-hmm. all weekend long. And you know what? This might be the weekend to lay four touchdowns in some of these games and I hate to lay that many points. But this might be the weekend because Clemson's going to score and they're going to score from... I mean, I don't see the starters getting pulled in these games down the stretch. It's 49-7. Yeah, getting getting yeah. over 50, maybe that'll do a little bit more. Lawrence is still out there. Ohio State, what they have to do and still not knowing what is going to be happening in that Michigan yeah. game the final week. Right. Speaking of that, if it does happen where Michigan is not able to play in the Ohio State game. I do not believe this is Jim Harbaugh trying to duck Ohio State. No, I don't either. I I, I agree. I don't I don't either. I know why people's mind went there. Sure. But just what we know of Harbaugh. No, I don't see him that that would be a, a black eye for the sport. Yes. And I don't think he would be the one to administer that black eye. I, That's I just, not I'm the way that him. guy's wired. No, nope, I don't think so either. He's weird. Yep. He is a weird, weird duck. Well, he used to sleep at recruits' house for crying out loud. Had a sleepover with a kicker. Chase Allen. Yes. He is a different guy. Got in the pool with Oliver Martin on his recruiting visit to Michigan. I don't believe that's what it is. But if that plays out, we've seen so much flexibility with the ACC. Does the Big Ten... Trent, they're going to change the rules. Do they make a game for Ohio State, though? They haven't played Maryland. Maryland Rutgers is scheduled... Sorry, Rutgers. Maryland, Ohio State's going to play in this final. Is that fair to them, though? It's not. I. You know what? I you know, th- Minnesota is also... We don't know if they're going to complete their season, mm-hmm. and they've got Nebraska, Nebraska. At it, right now. You wouldn't, I wouldn't think, play Nebraska, Ohio State again. No, you don't. That does nothing. But do you put? Here you go, Nebraska. You get Rutgers now. You were complaining about your schedule. You play Rutgers the final week since you didn't have a game, and then we get Maryland against Ohio State. Is there any flexibility in the Big Ten offices as we've seen the ACC do? They're changing rules on the play. Eh, it's over. Yeah, we're. we're, we're we got what we want. We want Notre Dame Clemson the championship. Yep. We got it now. Yep. We're shutting it down. This isn't that level of sneakiness. Right. <laughs> but we're going to make it to make sure that these teams get yeah. the games. And it's not saying no to Nebraska scheduling a non conference game and yes to Ohio State, because that would be an awful look. Right. You but, can't do that. I agree with you there. But you change around your league yeah, schedule to make sense. it happen. Makes sense. That way you don't have to actually change the rules on the fly. You yeah. don't have to change that six number. Because I'm convinced they will. But your scenario actually makes it more of a a competitive thing yep. as opposed to going in and actually you know, changing the rules that they put in place and everybody was running the same race and doing so using the same rules. I could see it happening. That's pretty good on your part. Not too bad. Huh? I like it. I like it. I like your scenario better than mine, actually. I, I believe one of them will happen. Yeah. Because Ohio State is going to be one of the four teams that are going to ensure that that happens, assuming they win. I believe the Buckeyes will play a game on the 12th. Uh-huh. 
Will it be against Michigan? To be seen. Right. But I think there will be a game played with Ohio State v. somebody. I like your I, I, I like your take. John Walters, he'll join us next. We'll recap the basketball. A lot on the football. West Virginia, number one defense in the Big 12. Number two is Iowa State, scoring defense. Um, boy, oh boy. It's going to be fun, Trent. It is. It's going to be fun, and I'm so glad that uh, 15,000 Cyclone fans socially distanced, Mm -hmm. all of the masked outside are going to get an opportunity to help their team because we know that that uh, fan base can get behind that team and they may need a kick in the pants. It's a special moment. Because West Virginia's coming to spoil their their special moment. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or duts about that. Uh, 1025, John Walters next. Miller and Condon till noon. Lee Sterling with his picks coming up at 1050 from Paramount Sports. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106. Tales U.S. only. Point Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you until noon, 20 minutes or so away from Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. We'll get his take on uh, five games uh, coming up as well as his uh, play of the week. Uh, John Walters is the voice of Iowa State football and uh, basketball, men's basketball. He joins the program. John, uh, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, John Walters. How are things? Things are good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Um, you know, basketball first before we get into football, John. Uh, watching the game last night, uh, you know what I'm looking forward to seeing as much as anything because I don't. We, we, I don't know if you watch Baylor and West Virginia. That was frightening uh, for other teams in the Big Twelve. They are going to be a major pain in the you know what. I want to see Prom coach these guys because I think there's talent there. I do, uh, but their parts right now, as opposed to I think being a team, just the circumstances around you know trying to get on the pl- practice floor, a whole bunch of new guys trying to come together. I believe they will, and I'm anxious to seeing what uh, Coach Prom can craft out of this bunch. Who again? I think uh, I think there's some ability uh, amongst the the guys on his roster. I, I agree with you, Ken, because I think the. When you look at the roster, um, there's all the young guys, there's all the freshmen, and they're going to have to play a role. And you expect there to be bumps in the road with them, but there's going to be a little bit of a curve for the guys that are new to the program, period. Tyler Harris, Javon Johnson playing for the first time, Jalen coleman lands. There's a lot of guys on this <laughs> in this rotation who have never worn a Cyclone uniform until the Pine Bluff game. And... So I think it will take a little while. There's going to be a few bumps in the road early. But I think last night was really good for this team to experience playing a team that knows who they are, knows what they do, knows what they do well, executes it, and kind of get their backs to the wall and then fight back. I was glad to see them come back. Uh, Couldn't quite get over the hump, but I think they'll learn from that. You know, a lot like the football team learned from the loss against Louisiana, I think you kind of find out who you are when you face that first real test. And then you grow from it and you learn from, learn from it, hopefully. And I think that'll be part of the process with this team. But I, I like the way they got on the floor after loose balls and hustled and, and didn't quit. And so, you know, I'm excited to see how they do against DePaul on Sunday. Be fans in the building. 1,300 of them will make their way inside of Hilton. It obviously will not be Hilton Magic by any means. But tell us, John, a little bit about calling a game with seemingly nobody in attendance there at Hilton and, and just a little bit of bump getting at least a few people in the building. Yeah, I think it'll make a difference. I, I don't know how significant, but, you know, in football, there's definitely a difference when there's some fans there. And 
I think it'll be the case in basketball as well, just to have a few, you know. And, and there were a smattering. I mean, there was parents of kids there that, that mm-hmm. you know, so maybe there were 40 or 50 people. The band was there, but it's it's still not the same. And so hopefully that will make a little bit, little bit of a difference. You're right. You're not going to recreate Hilton Magic. The, the seats are not going to be pulled out down by the floor. You're not going to have Cyclone Alley, any of that stuff. But uh, just a little bit of environment can go a long way. And um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it looks on Sunday compared to the way it looked last night. Uh, last one for me on basketball, John. Is this Solomon Young's team? I mean, every team's got that leader, right? And he's been there the longest. He had a really good game, specifically the last 20 minutes last night as they got the ball to him on the lower block and he did some damage. Uh, is, is this his team, John? Uh, in some ways, yes. I don't know that his personality lends right. itself to just saying, hey, this, you know, hey, this is my team, but uh, but I do think it's very, very important if this team's going to have success for him to touch the ball a lot. And, you know, against Pine Bluff, they played zone the entire game and they, they just didn't get a ball in his hands a lot. He didn't have a very productive night, but he hardly touched the ball. Um, and, and this is an Iowa State team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to live and die with the three. And last night they died with it. Um, but, but Solo still has to get some touches. And I think your best three looks are going to come inside out. And I think that starts with getting him touches on the block. And he's got a really soft touch on that jump shot. I mean, that 12 to 15 foot shot of his goes in just about every time. And uh, it's an important weapon for Iowa State going forward. Plus, he helps him with his toughness. You know, they may need that physical presence somewhere on the block. And, and he's able to provide that. Basketball continues on Sunday. DePaul coming to town and a big one for the women coming up over the weekend with number one South Carolina. Should be a fun matchup there. But, John, let's jump into some football and a huge one, a chance at an outright championship Mm -hmm. in the Big 12. West Virginia coming in, fans allowed back in the building again, which will be great to see at Jack Trice and 15,000 people uh, being able a, a chance to see history here. John, from where we were back in September, that loss to Louisiana, from where we are today, just take us through this season and what it's been watching this team and the growth that they've made. Well, that's just it. You know, uh, and, and it's funny you say that because that's the exact comment we had as we were traveling back home, just talking to each other, the guys in our group. We were just saying, think how far this team has come from that Louisiana game. But, you know, I'm not sure they beat Oklahoma if they don't lose to Louisiana. Mm. That's the thing about going back and saying, well, if you just – if you just didn't lose the Louisiana game, you're right there in the in the playoff or whatever. Maybe, but are you gonna are you gonna win all the games that you've won if you didn't go through the pain of that loss and kind of looking yourself in the mirror and figuring out what needed to be fixed? And you know, a big thing of that Louisiana game too is Charlie Kohler wasn't available, and and he's really playing good football right now. He's coming on, he's getting healthier as the season goes, and he's just contributing like we were used to seeing him a year ago, and so. Um, but I think as a team, they've grown tremendously since that, that game. And, you know, it's a special group to put themselves in this position, you know, stay the course, as Coach Campbell says. That's exactly what they've done. And, um, you know, I, I think a real turning point in the whole deal, even though they were still having success, I think back specifically to Brock Purdy, the first half against Baylor when he threw his third straight wow. interception, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, doesn't hang his head. Uh, that didn't get him down. It's his personality. And he goes out there and plays a really good second half, and he's been dynamite ever mm-hmm. since. And so 
if he's playing like that, this team is really hard to beat. That's a great point, John. That was a forgettable first half, but uh, seeming that's a good point. Jeff. You can point pinpoint the turnaround maybe right to there. Um, Latrell Bankston, uh, his best game is a Cyclone. I think fair to say, maybe not. I mean, he plays you know Ray Lima's position, and this is a guy who's not going to show up on the stat seat, Lima, but he's going to do a whole bunch of the dirty work, allowing his players. And Bankston's in that role, but statistically, I thought he jumped off the television screen. He was there's a lot of guys on defense played well, but I thought Bankston, it was his best game. Do you uh, feel that way too? I do, and he got more of an opportunity because Isaiah Lee couldn't play, and hopefully they get Isaiah Lee back this week because he's a big part of that that front as well. But, you know, more opportunities for snaps for Luttrell, and he played really well. And sometimes for junior college guys, it takes about a half a season before they really hit their stride. I I do feel like uh, maybe he's a little closer to that model. We talked about Xavier Hutchinson, how he kind of hit the ground running and has been pretty good right from the start, but um, I think with Luttrell, uh, it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but he's a guy that can make plays, and he does take up blockers, yes, but he can go make plays. He's very quick off the ball, and, you know, his sack is the difference, I think, mm-hmm. in that field goal going through or not. You just, those four yards, yep. you look at how close that kick was. If that kick was from four yards closer, I think it goes through, <laughs> and so Latrell's play was enormous. Yeah, very well could have because uh, Dicker, the kicker, had, I mean, he had 60 yards on that one if he needed it. Uh, I want to, we've, we've heard Coach Campbell after a couple of games uh, praise Kanena Wongo for just game changing moments and both of them on special teams. Maybe the Texas game, there was a special team game changing moment. Rory Walling staying home on that, on that uh, fake punt, uh, just an t- incredible heads up play for him to stay in his position and, um, you know, to do what he was been coached to do throughout his, you know, growing up and learning the game. Was that as big of an impact play, maybe, John, as, as anything that happened this past week? I'd say based on the way the bench reacted, yes. I think so. Um, the pride of Des Moines East. Sorry, Ross Peterson, but um, <laughs> that 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 play by Rory Walling was huge. And if you watch the sideline, right where he made it, everybody there's not there's not two feet on the ground for anybody. They're all up in the air celebrating that play. And you know, I think special teams they they can change the tide of a game. Kanae Wongo's kick return versus Oklahoma. Kanae Wongo's kick return versus Baylor. Uh, Landon Anchors with the block punt against Baylor. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of plays you can pinpoint and there's some that have gone against Iowa State special teams certainly this mm-hmm. year that have changed the impact of games but I think for some reason special teams plays more than offensive and defensive plays really do pump up a sideline because maybe they're a little bit unexpected you know and nobody's expecting the fake and then when it doesn't work it really kind of shifts the momentum of the football game and so that was a huge individual play by Rory and you know he's been great on special teams all season long and it was really fun to see him do that. Looking to finish the job this week with West Virginia coming in. Cyclones about a touchdown favorite here. Letty Brown has run the ball really well. Now an upperclassman. He's been around and seems like he's been with the program for five or six years, but still just a junior. Deggie's a nice quarterback, and that defense has played really, really well for Neil Brown this year. What have you seen as you've been getting ready for West Virginia this week, John? I, I've been you know, watching their game all season and been very impressed with them. I think these are the top two candidates for Big 12 Coach of the Year. Mm. Uh, Neil Brown's done a really nice job there, changing the culture. He's just a really positive guy. Uh, I think such a better fit than Dana Holgerson was. And, you know, um, their defense is outstanding. They lead the league in total defense. They lead the league in scoring defense. They have the most interceptions of any team in the league. They do a lot of things really well. They're very athletic on that side of the ball. 
But I think the difference with their team this year is that their offense has come around. Daggy's really playing well. Mm-hmm. They're second in the league in total offense, you know, and, and I didn't see that coming at all. I, I thought they'd struggle offensively this year, but they found the balance with Letty Brown in the run game. Their offensive lines played well. And so they're a tough out. Now, the one thing about them, they've been really good at home. 5-0 and at home this year. They haven't won a road game yet. So th- that'll be the test for them. Can they go win one on the road? But uh, they're going to be excited to play in this football game. And the Stills brothers up front that, are as good as you're going to see defensively. Yep. Yeah, and, and the athleticism behind them. I mean, they, it'll be a real challenge for Iowa State. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think these are two really well-coached teams that are playing their best football right now. And and that's what's exciting to kind of close the season with a really good challenge. 55 and 56, the Stills brothers, they are playing at a different level. John, does West Virginia, my last thing for you, does, do, do, do they remind you of any other team uh, in the Big 12 comparison-wise? Is, uh, you know, West Virginia plays like this? They kind of remind you of fill-in-the-blank, do they? Um, you know, defensively, I would say what they're doing right now reminds me a lot of what Baylor did a year ago with the athleticism on the back end and the really, really good three-man front that can get pressure even with three. And maybe a little bit of what Iowa State right. doing as far as that goes. Although they will gamble more than, than Iowa State will probably. I think they'll, they'll take a few more risks. But, um, you know, it, they're, they're very athletic on that side of the ball. And then, you know, another thing we didn't mention is the receiving core is really, really good. Uh, they don't have a big tight end weapon as much as a lot of teams do, but, man, their wide, wide outs can really make plays. We saw Texas really try to stretch the field against Iowa State last week. Um, we'll see if West Virginia tries to stretch the field against Iowa State on Saturday. John, it's uh, a Big 12 championship game. For all intents and purposes, it's going to happen. Not lucky. Even if they lose to West Virginia, Kansas is not going to win a game, right? It's, <laughs> it's going to happen, and you're going to be there. I said on Monday, I never thought it would happen. Yeah, maybe getting to a championship game would be in the works, but the realistic possibility, not just a regular season title, but also winning that game in Dallas for you. You've seen a lot of football. You've called some great games. You've also seen, been on the wrong side of some games throughout your tenure as the voice of the Cyclones. Just what it's meant watching this program build up to where it is and, and to have this chance to play for a Big 12 title. Yeah, I think the evolution from just feel like you have a chance to win this game that you're playing in to have a feel like you have a legitimate chance to win championships, that's a big jump. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, And it was a big hurdle just to get to that first jump of no matter who you're playing, whether it's Oklahoma, Texas, whoever it is, that you always feel like you have a chance if you execute. That's a huge first hurdle to get through. But that is a whole other matter to get to the one of, hey, we can win a championship here at Iowa State. And... Matt Campbell truly got his guys believing that. And, you know, they're, they're never going to out-talent Texas and Oklahoma as far as the number of stars next to a guy's name. But, you know, what Brees Hall said is true. It's five-star culture. I mean, that's, that's what they've built, and that's why they're having success. And it's, it's sustainable. That's what's really fun about it is because a lot of these guys are going to be back. That offensive line is going to be back practically intact next year. Uh, this is the kind of thing that's not only a one-hit wonder, this is something that can sustain itself over a decent amount of time, and that's really exciting. But, man, one thing that scares me, maybe Kansas football team doesn't scare me, but COVID scares me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and if all of a sudden all these games start getting canceled and Texas mm. doesn't play Kansas, but, hey, let's just take care of business, yep. go beat West Virginia, and it's a mute point. But really exciting to think that Iowa State football has uh, 
you know, I think in a year where fans really needed something positive to to, to enjoy, uh, this this football team has given it to them. A lot of years, John, uh, in July, a lot of July and August, uh, two and ten. Is there any way you can get the six? Way I just don't see it. <laughs> Things have changed in Ames, no doubt about that. John Walters, John, thanks for doing this for us. We will uh, impose on you again. I'm assuming prior to the uh, prior to that weekend in Dallas. Thank you, John Walters. Yep. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Good talk, talk to you. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's going to opine what Lee's picks. He'll share them with us next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.com. org. Final segment, first hour of the program. Hawkeye conversation to lead off hour number two. We'll get back to the Big 12 uh, at 11.30 or thereabouts. But right now, as promised, in his regular spot, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Another winning week on these airwaves. Lee joins us. Take a look at five games. It's game of the week as well. Lee, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, i got to push the button, Lee. Let me do this again. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm good. Um, did you guys see the news? Mackenzie Milton transferred yes. to Central Florida. If he's healthy, boy, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be a good fit for a lot of offenses? Nebraska, maybe Scott Frost. Well, the rumor the rumor is well, Miami would love to have him to follow King. If oh sure, uh, DeAndre, if Derek King goes to the NFL. But the rumor is he's going to Hawaii, and five key transfers. Are going to transfer back to Hawaii. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> right, it's a good place. Yeah. It makes, go home. It makes go sense. Home. The only thing is, that unless those transfers are pretty darn good, <laughs> that team isn't very good yeah, right now. That's true. Hey Lee, real quick before we get into the games, uh, with, with the playoff, I mean, we know the four teams, etc. I think yeah. that these teams, it's kind of a beauty contest. Point being, I, th- yeah. I, I don't think Lawrence is going to hit the bench, even if they're up four touchdowns. Likewise, Jones at Alabama. Do you see it that way that there's going to be a ton of scoring by these? teams that they're not going to let up absolutely yeah <laughs> well florida doesn't need style points they just need to win the game and then beat alabama right so i think texas a&m needs some style points possibly so they could end up running it up but uh yeah it's it's it, it, it's going to be a fun ending and and i love how byu is willing to mm-hmm. to get on a plane in a day's notice and uh Go play Coastal Carolina. That should be a fun game, 4.30 oh, your time. Looking forward to that one, no doubt. Yep. Let's get into some Big Ten yep. to kick things off here. Let's start in West Lafayette, December in West Lafayette. What a beautiful place. Nebraska heads over there. Two points the number, Purdue. Nebraska played better last week than they did against Illinois, against the Hawkeyes. Still came up short, but got a cover. What do you see with Nebraska and Purdue? So the defense is improving. But the biggest problem in college football is not a lot of teams can go 80, 85 yards. And Nebraska's offense has had to do that because the defense, just six turnovers in five games. Purdue, which is two and three, they could easily be four and one. I mean, Nebraska showed some fight at Iowa, uh, giving the Hawkeyes a scare. The difference, though, I think, is Purdue's duo of Rondell Moore and also David Bell. Mm-hmm. These these two guys are game breakers they are big time playmakers and then also running back Xander Horvath is a low so you yep. can't just all of a sudden you know say oh we're going to we're going to move outside the box and cover these guys you got to protect the middle also so i just think that nebraska problem here also averaging a mere 2.2 fourth quarter points got zero last week 
I like Purdue on senior day here, 35-24. Stay in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Indiana. No Penix for Indiana. Wisconsin at home, a two-touchdown favorite. So, Indiana's been a great story. Love watching them, except for the cam, the camo uniforms Yes, no, last week were no, horrific. They were. Do you agree. agree? I agree. Worst yep. I've ever seen. Remind me of, like, pajamas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Um, so, Penix is a loss. Jack Tuttle's not bad. I've seen the kid play before. I mean, he was highly thought of when he went to Utah before this. They'll make some changes, and he's got so many pieces around him at receiver, and the two running backs, Stevie Scott and Tim Baldwin, running, and, and also a safety valve throwing the football. I think they can stay in it. Their defense is so consistent. Every week they get takeaways, 18 takeaways in six games. So it's not like they get seven, then zero. They get two, three, or four every single week, and Graham Mertz is good, but I don't think he's all that. I I I have Wisconsin winning thirty to twenty three, but Indiana covering. Hoosiers with the cover. Let's go to the border battle over on the other side of the state. Iowa, Illinois. The Hawkeyes just shy of a two touchdown favorite in Champaign. Yeah, Illinois is a little better than we thought, and I think people are starting to realize that they have some playmakers. So I think that they're going to be able. Uh, you know, they're going to be able to do some things and, and they're going to be able to, to also stress out the defense at times. So that's one thing I'm looking at here. And then also, um, Iowa offense can be sluggish at times. I mean, their quarterback, Petra, just four touchdowns and five interceptions on the year. Uh, Illinois is even developing a ground game and wins over Rutgers and Nebraska, rushing for 623 yards on 111 carries. 5.6 yards per carry. Um, Peter, since he returned from COVID, it's been pretty good uh, in that game against Nebraska. I, I like Iowa to win the game 34-30, but I'm taking the points here in Illinois. Yeah, Epstein ran crazy against Nebraska a couple of weeks ago. Well, uh, the most important game in the history of Jack Trice Stadium in Ames, Iowa State will host West Virginia, uh, whose defense is really, really salty. The Cyclones are a touchdown favorite. They are. The pressure is on Iowa State here. They're trying, as, as we know, get to their first ever Big 12 championship game. Only one team has run for more than 200 yards on the West Virginia defense. Only one team has passed for more than 200 passing yards on this number five-rated defense here. And they've actually held four of the last five opponents to 17 points or less. So their quarterback, limiting mistakes, no picks the last four games. Letty Brown. A solid back, number four, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. I, I think Purdy and, and Hall are great, but they're getting no production out of the receivers. It's the tight ends or nothing in the passing game. Uh, playing Texas also might have taken a little something, a little starch out of this Iowa State defense. They had to play really hard, and their cornerbacks are vulnerable here, although West Virginia throws underneath a lot. Dog 11-3-1 against the spread in Cyclone games. Iowa State wins, but it's not going to be easy. 24-23. I'm taking West Virginia plus the 7-7.5. Seven we finish up with the NFL with Lee Sterling. The Vikings at home for Jacksonville. The Jaguars have lost nine in a row. They've looked awful at times, but <laughs> have covered three of the last four. Big number here, nine and a half. Yeah, um, if there was a team that couldn't afford to get hit with massive injuries, it was the Jaguars. You throw out that fluke opening win against the Colts where the Colts gave it away. And you're talking about them just like you're talking the 0-11 Jets. They're 1-10, and and a lot of people don't realize they're 1-10. So, um, I mean, Glennon probably starting, maybe Gardner Minshew. uh, There might be a Gardner Minshew signing here. But Kirk Cousins generally 
better at home, 17 touchdowns in the six home games here. Uh, without Josh Allen, uh, without their top offensive line, Andrew Norwell, I, I think they're in trouble. I like the Vikings here, 31-14. We have 30 seconds to talk about your game of the week, Ohio State, Michigan State. If the folks want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Just go to ParamountSports.com or call 800 800- Four hundred nine seven four one. We had another winning week last week. Ten out of thirteen winning weeks in football. Eight and two to start off in college basketball. Double down December. Five weeks. Just three hundred and forty-seven dollars, and we have our first forty to fifty unit play in a month for forty-nine seventeen on one on those games over the last thirteen years. Just go right now. ParamountSports.com. Lee, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Look forward to it, guys. Take yep, care. Take care. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. As uh, we talk a little sports wagering to end the hour. Hawkeye conversation coming up next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.